0: Welcome back to the Fairweight Performance Podcast. My name is Sean Dykoff, and I am your host for this show, and we are up to episode two of the podcast now, and I'm doing a little series at the start, so this might go for three episodes or maybe five episodes, but essentially to kick off the podcast, I just really wanted to start with a lot of things that I get questions around uh, in terms of programming, in terms of how to start training, in terms of how to get consistent. uh, And I'm answering them across all five of these episodes that, or three to five episodes, I should say, uh, at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, In episode one, you can go back and listen to that. uh, But essentially, we talked about how to get started and, and where you can start and where to start with your training. And in episode two today, we're talking more training principles. So like um, exercise selection, um, riding sets and reps, um, just things like that. So, um, I've got this episode all mapped out in front of me, and the first thing we're going to look at is um, with in terms of training and like how to select uh, what to do and, and things in your program. Is we need to think about what outcomes we're looking for. So, um, you know, success for a golfer who is coming to the gym uh, will mean to them. Uh, being more mobile, more strong, and having more power and speed so that they can go and express that on the course and play better golf and have the potential to play better golf, I should say. Um, And then they need to obviously go see a swing coach and get that stuff dialed in. Um, But their body has the potential to play better golf than what they currently do because um, they have better capabilities. So um, what outcomes are we looking for? All of those things that I just mentioned. Now, The way that we get there is uh, through what's called the SED principle or um, to put it another way is essentially we want to put a stress on the body, a certain stress or strain, and that's going to make us adapt and and get stronger or more mobile or whatever it is uh, and adapt to that so that we are stronger or more mobile on the back end of that. So the way that they talk about that in sports science is uh, what's called the SED principle. So a specific adaptation to an imposed demand. So if you think about this, like two really contrasting styles of training, if we think about a triathlete versus a powerlifter, a triathlete is putting a lot of stress on their cardiovascular system Um, A lot of uh, endurance work, um, so their lungs and their heart are doing the predominant amount of work there, Um, but their muscles are are not necessarily like outputting a huge amount of power at once. It's a low amount of power for a really long time. So that's the way that they're conditioning their body to get better at their sport. Uh, And if we think about a powerlifter on the other end of the spectrum is their cardiovascular system is not getting that much stress because they're only doing one, three, or maybe five reps of certain exercises. Uh, but when they do them, their muscles are working really hard because they're outputting a lot of power and effort into each and every rep. Uh, sure, they might be puffed at the end of that, but it's not putting that large a strain or load on their cardiovascular system. So um, that's what we're thinking about here. So specific adaptations to impose demand. So uh, what does that look like for golfers and, and the way that I program for golfers? And uh, we can think about it in a few different ways. So uh, if we think about uh, if we're trying to build power and speed versus if we're trying to build um, hypertrophy or um, that's a, the the fancy way of saying we're trying to build muscle. So essentially hypertrophy is a process of breaking down muscle um, and or damaging muscle slightly so that we can then grow bigger, uh, back bigger and stronger. So if we're working towards power and speed in exercises, we can uh, do it in one of two ways. So we can either utilize an over-speed training method or an overload training method. Now, the over-speed training method is essentially doing something very similar to what we're completing in our sport. Um, so for golfers and, and all of you listening, you've probably heard of the speed sticks or the stack system or some iteration of um, speed training devices. Now. The reason that works is because we have got an implement which is lighter than a golf club and we can swing it faster than what we do on the golf course. So, And there's no ball to hit there as well. So uh, when we're swinging, we're swinging without limitation and we're swinging a lighter club, so we should be able to swing it faster. And essentially what we're trying to do there is to push our current limit of you know 100% capacity with our golf club and the, the weight of our driver or, or golf club currently, and we're trying to push that up to 102, 105, 110% of what we can currently do because we're teaching our body and our um, uh, we're teaching our muscles and, and everything to contract and fire in a faster way than they currently do by using this lighter implement. So um, baseballers use a similar thing. Baseballers will throw a lighter ball and a heavier ball, um, and that's two different ways. So the heavier ball is more moving as the overload, which I'll get to in a sec. Um, but the overspeed is, is where they're using a lighter ball, Um, I believe a baseball is around five or six ounces. Um, I'm an Australian, so I'm not 100% sure on that, but um, the... the The lighter ball they use might be like three or four ounces, Um, so they're throwing that thing a lot quicker than they, and they're moving their shoulders a lot faster than they would for um, something that's like five or six ounces like a normal baseball. Um, So it's just teaching the body to move in a quicker fashion. Um, So that's overspeed, moving faster than what we currently do for our sport so that our body learns to move that quickly. Um, And one of the things that I, one bit of feedback that I recently got from someone who's gone through my uh, swing speed challenge uh, and swing speed training programs is... Now that he's swinging a lot faster with the speed stick, he actually feels a lot more comfortable to swing that fast on the golf course with his golf club because he feels like he's in control of it now. Uh, it's no longer you know swinging wildly for the fences and, and thinks he's going to miss the golf ball and have an air swing. Uh, he actually feels confident in his ability to swing that fast at a a golf ball now. So um, that's an added side benefit, maybe a bit more of a mental benefit than a physical benefit. Um, The next way that we uh, work on power and speed is through overload training. And overload training is where we're using an implement or we're doing something that's heavier than what we're required to do in our sport. So uh, if you think of the speed stick analogy, we've got a heavier speed stick, uh, one that's about five uh, to ten percent heavier than our golf club. Uh, I believe the the red speed sticks are for the the normal set for the speed sticks um, that you buy from Super Speed Golf. Uh, and essentially I can't swing that thing as fast as I can swing my driver, but the intent is there to try and swing it that fast. So what we're doing when we do that, when we're overloading the body, but still trying to move with maximum intensity is we're firing the fast twitch fibers. So the type two, um, type two, type two X fibers, um, which are our fast twitch fibers. So we're teaching the body to contract in a way that uh, we're trying to move it as quickly as possible with that heavier thing, so that when we get a lighter thing in our hand, uh, it feels much easier. So, uh, my volleyball coach at school used to do a similar thing with us. He'd strap ankle weights to us, uh, and we'd go and play volleyball and basketball, even sometimes, uh, with these ankle weights on. And it was essentially to weigh us down and, and feel heavier, so that when we took them off, it felt much easier to to compete. Um, so, train hard, play easy is that sort of philosophy there. Um, now, so back to the overload. So the the super speed stick, the heavier one, that will help us. Uh, the other way we can achieve this as well is through heavy weight training. And the reason it needs to be heavy is it needs to be something that's difficult for us to move for you know three, five, maybe even up to like six or seven reps at the most. And the reason it needs to be that heavy is because our body needs to be uh, having some sort of struggle or strain underneath that. So. It'll adapt to the imposed demands. If we whack just any weight on the bar or an empty barbell and move quickly uh, or try and move fast, then we're not going to get as much benefit as if we're trying to move a heavier weight. So um, the, the body will react to the imposed demand on it. So if I drop my pen on the floor, I can't express all of the force that I need to uh, pick up a 200 kilo barbell just picking up my pen because my body knows that that task doesn't demand that of me. But if I had a barbell on the ground with 200 kilos on it, obviously something in my brain is going to go, wow, holy crap, that thing's really heavy. We need to switch on everything. And all the motor units that are required to lift that will will be switched on by the brain to help us lift that weight. So um, that's a a bit of a dive into it. Now, uh, how do we program um, sets and reps for overspeed and overload training? Now, this is one of the mistakes that I see a lot of people make is... um, you know, if I program anywhere from say three to six reps of a certain movement, um, people will feel the need to add extra reps because they don't feel like they've gotten a sweat out of it. Whereas that's exactly the wrong thing to be doing. So if if we're looking at something that's in the, the three to six rep range, and we're meant to be moving fast during that, then we need to be completing each of those reps at a maximum intensity, like as, as hard an effort as we can uh, for those sets and reps. Now, as soon as you start getting up to like 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 reps of certain things, we start going more into hypertrophy and then breaking into um, strength endurance and muscle endurance. And and we're starting to impose different demands of the body, uh, on the body I should say, and we're not getting the benefit for the power and speed like we would be if we uh, stuck to the lower reps. So um, the reason we're looking at uh, for power and speed work um, this is something that I've um, I've somewhat stolen a little bit from uh, a guy named Andy Galpin, who is one of the leading uh, muscle researchers on the planet, uh, and he's a, a university of uh, or he's at Cal State University um, in America, and you can follow him online, Andy Galpin, um, all over the different social media channels. He's got some really good information on this, but. One of the things that he has said is um, three to five sets of three to five reps if you're looking to build speed and power. And that's a a really good and and basic start point for most people. So if you did three to five sets of three to five reps of back squats with a heavy weight, um, that's a great start point for building some power and speed um, in your squatting uh, movement pattern um, and also a vertical jump movement pattern because they're very similar. So yeah, three to five sets, three to five reps, and that goes for heavyweights and for lightweights. Um, The next thing that we can um, break down is hypertrophy. So um, in order to have uh, larger muscles, we need to uh, break them down to some degree uh, so that they can rebuild and, and grow back bigger and stronger. So essentially, the way we train hypertrophy is we need a weight which is heavy enough to challenge the body, but also not light enough to be able to do, you know, 50, 60 reps for. So um, hypertrophy, we're going to be in the range of 8 to 12 reps. And again, 3 to 5 sets of a certain exercise of that 8 to 12 reps uh, is going to be a, a good starting point. Now, with a lot of my programs for people, I will... Um, often, program this as you know, week one they'll start at eight, then the next week they'll do nine reps, then 10 reps, and 11 reps, and 12 reps, and that's five weeks of a program right there. So, um, what we're essentially doing is if we start at eight reps with a particular weight and then go to nine, 10, 11, 12, we know that we're getting stronger and we're making progress because where you know one and a half times in the amount of reps you're doing with that same weight that you started with by the fifth week so we can see you know change in that the 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 whole five weeks there so the way that someone would select the weight that they're going to use in week one um, would be during the warm-ups they'd complete or even in the first set they're doing if they're doing um you know three to five sets of a, a certain exercise they would do Um, their first set of eight and they'd go, cool, I definitely had like one, maybe two reps left in the tank of that uh, movement. Um, That would be a really good start point for them to then in week one, do eight, then week two, do nine, then week three, do 10 uh, and build up from there. Um, So that's a way that I like to uh, just get someone choosing a, a single weight and then progressing in reps rather than um, you know, doing that over five weeks, but starting at, say, 10 kilos for a certain movement and doing eight reps in week one, and then week two, doing eight reps again, um, but doing like 11 or 12 kilos, because that is really hard to make progress in consistently, whereas if we choose, and, and we know how to choose the right weight and progress up in numbers uh, of reps, then the following week, uh, or the you know the sixth week, essentially, we can go back and repeat that program And we can just choose something that's two and a half to five kilos heavier uh, than what we just did, depending obviously on the body part and what muscles we're training. Um, But we can choose something slightly heavier, and then we can go back through that process again. We can do eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 over five weeks, uh, and we're seeing some progress there with our strength work. So um, that's just a good way uh, that I like to program for clients, and, and it's a really... Um, sound method for people who are just starting out with training because they're used to the weight, they're comfortable with the weight, and they're just pushing themselves each week to get a little bit harder um, with the repetitions. Now, the next thing. So, um, what uh, what considerations are we making in terms of um, like what movements to do? Now, for um, strength work, we're thinking about a few things, and I talked about this a little more in episode one. But essentially, uh, we're thinking about upper body and lower body. Uh, as like we're splitting the body in two and we're thinking about building pushing strength and pulling strength in the upper body. So think of push-ups and pull-ups, they're they're two ways or bent over rows and bench press um, is another example of both of those. Um, Then we're thinking uh, for the lower body, we're thinking of building hinging strength and squatting strength. So hinging strength can be something as technical as Olympic lifting um, or it could be as simple as a deadlift or some sort of deadlift variation uh, and then obviously squatting is uh, is a squat or some sort of jump. Um, and then the last thing that we're thinking about in terms of strength is um, is rotary strength. So thinking about rotations and um, you know, like starts to think about chopping and stuff like that. So when I program for golfers, I make sure that I hit all of those elements across a week and we're getting in some power and speed work. We're getting some hypertrophy work. We're making sure that we do the push pull, hinge squat, rotary. Um, and then there's some extra core rotation work that we do at the end of it as well. Um, So that's what we're thinking about strength-wise. When we think about building power or power and speed... Uh, we're thinking about four different aspects. So we're thinking about chopping. um, So that can be like chopping straight across the body. So like a horizontal chop, it can be an up to down chop or a down to up chop. Um, But anything where we're like training the obliques and and moving across the body from one side to the other in whatever angle uh, we can, that's essentially what we're working on there. Um, The next one is rotary. So thinking like directly side to side. Um, So rotary strength, sorry, rotary power. Um, so developing as much power as we can that way. Uh, the next one is vertical jump. Um, so obviously for this one we're thinking about just jumping as high as we can. Uh, so things that can help with this are Olympic lifting, uh, vertical leaps. Um, we can also fit into this one uh, push-ups or plyometric push-ups. Uh, and then the last one we're thinking about is wrist uh, wrist flexion extension or, or wrist power. Um, so but that's a, a super like deep dive into that one. Um, it's more. Um, I find for uh, like long drive competitors and stuff like that, that are trying to eke out the last couple of um, miles per hour in their swing to get a little bit of extra ball speed, to get a little bit of extra distance. So um, it's not really something that the, the average golfer should focus on, but it's definitely a consideration we make when um, when going into programming. Now, uh, the, the next thing. So a lot of golfers will hear all of this and they'll go, cool, like that's, you know, sounds really good, but like what's a good start point for me? Like what stuff should I work on and what stuff, you know, should I put into my program and, and what where should I, you know, do this? And the first thing I'll say is the the best way to know uh what areas you're weak in or or like you need to work on the most and you'll get the most and the reason I I like thinking about the, the areas that you're weaker in is because If your your strengths are always going to be your strengths, whether you work on them or not, they're just things that you're, you know, maybe genetically predisposed to be really good at, or you've just practiced a lot more than things that are your weaknesses. So, I don't think you're ever going to get worse at those things by not practicing them as much. Uh, It's because they feel good for the ego that people like to practice them a lot, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we need to be practicing them as much as we should or, or or can. Now. Um, Where to start? The first thing for people is if we think about uh, training as a bit of a pyramid and uh, for this I'm just using three different aspects to it. So I think for golfers and, and my sort of philosophy and motto for this is Essentially if the base of the pyramid for everybody is good mobility, so a great start point is for people to be mobile enough to move through the ranges of motion that their sport requires of them without becoming injured. So that's first and foremost. If you can't complete a golf swing without getting a sore back or getting sore hips or getting something else happening to you, then obviously that is an area that you need to work on immediately if you want to continue playing that game without hurting yourself. So mobility is sort of the linchpin and the underlying thing you need to be able to move in the range of motion that your sport requires obviously to play your sport as as best you can or to get the best performance that you can in your sport now the next thing is strength and the reason I say strength after mobility is because we want to build strength through a large range of motion and the reason we do that is because The golf swing requires us to move through a fairly large range of motion, particularly in rotation. Um, But also, if you think about it, you know we do a single leg deadlift or we do a squat on every hole because we need to put down a tee, we need to pick up the golf ball. Um, You know, there's all sorts of different things, different stances and lies and positions, and standing one foot up and out of the bunker and one foot in the bunker, all that sort of stuff. So. Um, we need to have the strength to and, and mobility together to be able to get into those positions so that when we actually hit the ball and, and do the thing, we, we don't get injured doing it. So um, strength is something that we want to build through that large range of motion. So whatever the range of motion that you've built in your mobility work is, or, or you just naturally have because you're, you're mobile, then we want to be building strength all the way through that as much as we can through all the different movements that we have available to us. Now, the next thing or the last thing that we want to work on is power and speed. And the reason we want to build this last is because if we have more strength, then we have more potential to build more power and speed. Uh, It's the exact reason they have weight classes in different sports is because someone who is heavier or has more strength and, and is heavier has the ability to put more power and speed potentially into a punch. And if a seventy kilo guy was to fight a one hundred kilo guy, um, that's probably going to be a very unfair match because if the one hundred kilo guy lands a couple of punches on the seventy kilo guy, um, he's going to be lights out. Um, so we we need to we need to be looking at power and speed work only after we've built strength. So um, if we're like say for example someone's following one of my um, one of my programs for. Um, uh, swing speed or or a swing speed challenge essentially in that like because we've had a limited amount of time I'm layering in a little bit of strength work a little bit of mobility and a little bit of power and speed so we're doing all three things and that is going to equal a a good result over the four week or six week time period that we work on that Uh, if I've got someone for a longer period of time or someone's dedicating themselves to training for a bit longer then there'll probably be a bit more mobility work in there and more strength work and less of the power and speed. And then as they start progressing up through their training into like intermediate and advanced programs, then there's gonna be a little less mobility, still enough to get some progress, but that's less of a a focus. Uh, We're definitely gonna be doing strength work because we always wanna have a good underlying foundation of building strength. Uh, And then the last thing, the power and speed, is probably where we're going to work a little or have a little more of it in these programs than others because someone's already got some good strength and we can really build power and speed in that instance. Um, the last thing, so I just wanted to lastly finish on a couple of questions which uh, have come up in the recent swing speed challenge that I've been running, um, and they're just also things that um, I, I get sort of asked like nearly every single time I put a, a question sticker up on Instagram stories and say, "Hey, what are you struggling with, or what do you want to ask about your training?" Um, people ask these things, so um, the they ask, "How are we meant to do the sets and reps in the gym of um, of different exercises?" and the the thing or the answer to this is is pretty much what i've explained earlier and that's if we're looking at power and speed work then we're looking in the range of you know three to five reps and we're doing it as either an over speed or overloaded exercise so If we're doing an overspeed exercise, we're doing something that's light and we're moving really fast and we're trying to move as quickly as possible. Uh, And if we're doing overload, it's got to be something that's really heavy for that amount of reps. So if it's for five reps, maybe you could only do like six or seven, like at the most for that, that weight. I'd even be erring on the side of like the fifth rep being the last one that you can do. And then the sixth rep, like if you were to try and do that, you would fail, say, of a squat um, obviously, getting to that point, you're going to be someone who knows your numbers really well and really experienced. So at the start, when you're starting to do this, you're probably going to um, underestimate yourself and end up in the boat where you could you know, probably do like six or seven reps of a weight if you were meant to only do five reps. Um, but that's fine uh, as we get better and as we um, track our data and, and, you know, manage our performance and, and watch those numbers, um, we can start getting better at actually knowing what weight to put on the bar to challenge us enough um, to give us a good adaptation. So um, what, um, so the, yeah, the, the numbers that we're looking for, or the, the sets and reps, and are we meant to do them um, slow or, or fast? Um, if we're yeah if we're using light weights, obviously we're moving quickly heavy weights obviously we're going to move slower but just because they are heavy um, but in that three to five rep range and the next question sort of leading on from that and this will be the last one I talk about is um, strength work or speed work first in a training session now I know I talked before about strength work being the underlying linchpin and the thing that we want to focus on first. That is in a macro, so that's in a wider view of our program. We always want to be trying to get stronger than what we currently are, but in session to session, day to day, we generally want to do our speed work first in a session. So if we're looking, you know, on Monday session, if we've got speed and power work in there, we we generally want to do the speed and power work as soon as possible. So do some sort of dynamic warm up, a little bit of mobility, um, get the heart rate up, get ourselves ready to go. And then the first thing we do is the speed work and the power work, because that's when we're going to be our freshest and when we're going to be able to move at our quickest um, or, or put the most power and speed into the thing that we're, we're trying to do. And the reason we do that is because the, the numbers are going to be the highest and we're going to have the best output. We can then go into the strength work during that session, and it doesn't really matter whether... Um, we're moving a little slower or whatever if we're doing sets of between 8 and 12 reps of certain exercises um, because the adaptation there is not necessarily to help us move faster. It's just to tear the muscle fibers a little bit so that we can grow them back uh, bigger and stronger than what they currently are. So um, hopefully that made sense. So strength or speed work first in the training session. It's definitely always speed work first when we're doing it in a training session, you know, day to day, week to week in the gym. Um, But underlying, uh, we always want to be stronger before we start doing the speed work. So as a macro view, um, that's the general thought that we've got there. Um, So hopefully that answers a lot of questions that uh, potentially you have about, you know, sets and reps and what to do in the gym and, um, you know, things to think about and consider when writing a program or, or just to understand what I consider when I'm writing my programs um, that are in the Fairway Performance Training app, and it gives you a bit of insight into that. Um, if you want to um, if you want to ask any questions, feel free to hit me up, sean at fairwayperformance.com. You can send me an email there, or you can uh, jump onto my Instagram if you're not already following me on there. It's just sean, S-H-A-U-N dot dyakoff, D-I-A-C-H-K-O-F-F. Uh, and send me a question in the DMs. I get a lot of them each day. And I respond to every single person that ever messages me. So um, I'll continue to strive to, to do that. Um, it takes a little bit of time some days. But I'm I'm always trying to, to respond to people there. Um, and if you want to give the programs that I write a go. Then um, you can click the link in my bio on my Instagram. Uh, and go into the Fairway Performance Training app. Set yourself up a free account in there. And you can have a 7-day free trial of the programs that I have and if you're someone that's new to training, the 101, 202, 303 programs are going to be a great fit for you. Um, if you're a little more experienced or you're someone who's done a little bit of work in the gym and you've already got some mobility and some strength and you, and you want to move a bit towards um, like speed and power work, then you can start looking at either the swing speed work I have in there, or you can look at the intermediate and the advanced programs. Um, and they'll probably be more up your alley um, and follow along there. So Um, as always guys, I hope this has really added some value and, um, helped you understand some of the principles and and underlying concepts to training. Um, and yeah, I'll, uh, see you guys on the next episode.